Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is brought to you by the employee-owned company Golden Artist Colors. Whether it's their vast array of acrylic paints, their Williamsburg oil colors, or their core watercolors, or their plethora of mediums, Golden is committed to making the best materials for artists to make their work with. You can find them in art stores or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is supported by the New York Studio School, where drawing, painting, and sculpture are studied in depth, debated energetically, and created with passion. The New York Studio School offers a range of programs, including the MFA, their certificate program, the marathon program, evening and Saturday classes, and a distinguished lecture series that is free and open to the public. The school's internationally recognized marathons are two-week intensive courses in drawing, painting, and sculpture. All levels are welcome to enroll for the summer 2019 marathons. Apply online today at nyss.org. Mia Yim is an artist born in South Korea, based in New York City. She has a BFA in painting from the Philadelphia College of Art, as well as a year abroad at the Tyler School of Art in Rome, Italy. She's had a number of solo exhibitions, including Ground Floor Gallery in Brooklyn, Lehman Maupin in New York, and Michael Steinberg in New York, Gallery in Arco in Turin, Italy, and numerous group exhibitions, including The Drawing Center, Feature, Issei Cultural Foundation, Mitchell Algis Gallery, the BRIC Art Center, and Mark Borgie Gallery, all in New York City. Other places, such as Johnson County Community College and the Weatherspoon Art Museum, Marsha Wood Gallery in Atlanta, and the Art Center in Western Connecticut University. She is the recipient of the Lillian Orlowski and William Feed Grant in 2018, the New York Foundation of the Arts Painting Fellowship in 2015, and the Artist in the Marketplace in the Bronx Museum. Mie came by my studio for a talk about her incredible story growing up, making work for herself and not for external expectations, the punk scene, and a lot more. Here's our conversation. Okay. It could have. It just goes by really quick. Yeah, because we've been in this studio for five years, and the lease is up. And we were at the other studio, maybe maybe seven years. Yeah. Yeah. You think years. of uh, time in relation to, like, lease, lease years? <laughs> it's crazy, right? That whole area that you're in is completely changed. Yeah. And I went to Industry City. Yeah, yeah, sure. I went to uh, Industry City recently. Um, because my son plays soccer near there, down at that new indoor place. It's right on the water, and we went by, and there's like a, it's like a whole Japan town there. Oh, Japan like Village, Sunrise yeah. It's, oh, it's such a huge success. It's crazy. That, that's why they said to us, "Well, you know, you could stay. We could give you a new lease, but uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think you guys can afford it because the rent is just going to keep going up and up. Probably quadruple what we pay." Even this place started out as artist studios, and now it's yeah. like mostly record labels, fashion people. You know, like I kind know, of like cor- not corporate, but it's it's like a like a campus. They call it a campus. They don't even call it studios anymore. Yeah, and um, it's kind of it's it's too 
there's there's a yurt there's a yeah you know there's an avocado lunch place and i just bring my lunch to my studio because everything is so expensive right so i i'm so happy that we found this space up yeah. in the bronx there's no where there's uh, nothing there's no japanese marketplace no there. <laughs> no there's one coffee shop right. and a methadone clinic oh, that's, that's about that's it all you need. <laughs> that's all you need <laughs> That's really all you need. You don't need all that. Oh, gosh. You know, I mean, I've been complaining about how New York has gentrified so much. And, you know, we all complain about, you know, tired of Starbucks and all this. And and now we're going to be at a place where there's nothing there. And I'm not going to complain about it being, you know, too rough. Right. Because I I can deal with it. I can handle it. Yeah, it's a balance, I think, because, I mean, you've been in a city. When did you move to New York? Um, 1986. Yeah, so you've seen... The rougher days. I oh, mean, yeah. I didn't start coming until the early 90s, and it was, you know, not so great then. Yeah, we lived on, um, my husband, my boyfriend then, um, we lived on 28th Street between yeah. 6th and Broadway. Crazy. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. It, there was a little nook, you know, in the in the front door, and that's where everybody was hanging out, Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. It, 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 I feel like the big change for it like I didn't mind when you know South Williamsburg seemed a little more rough around the edges Mm -hmm. but then I think once you have a family or like you're you know you kind of hit that stage of your life then you don't necessarily want to deal with that of course but then I imagine it's cyclical that after you know your kids are like out doing school moving out or what you know you hit a point where you're like okay I can I can go somewhere backwards right so the Bronx is going to be our studio but right now we live in lower Manhattan I mean a block away from World Trade Center have you lived there for a while um downtown for a few years like 12 years moving around but I I like downtown because lower Manhattan because it's um so convenient to get to everything that's true because all the trains merge there yeah and um you can even get to Staten Island if you really want to if you want to (laughs) Take a nice little boat ride. Um, you know, we've got the J, we have the, you know, four, five, two, three. Yeah. Um, and R, everything. So, so it's, you, I can just zip around. I don't need a car. Right. Um, and we have a pretty nice place, you know, doorman building, but we, we you know, pay a lot. You know, right. we don't, we're not wealthy. Yeah. Um, so we got a good deal. But um, I think that's going to change once our son graduates high school yeah. and goes to college. Then we, we just may have to leave not too far from new york but you know somewhere where we can do <clears throat> live work right and not keep getting kicked out of studio spaces because that's just getting really tiring you can never feel settled right no no i want to maybe buy something you know live work yeah. maybe in the bronx i don't know we'll see yeah we'll i mean look. it's going to be the next place where starbucks start pop i've never <laughs> understood why the bronx hasn't already i know become, well they it it's starting to because yeah. where we are we're going to be in Mont Haven section, mm-hmm. but um, a little bit east of that is Port Morris. I think mm-hmm. that's where it's more a little more. There are more artists there, and you know Brookfield Place or Brookfield, uh, the, the people who develops like you know turns into like um, uh, food courts and stuff. Yeah. Like there's one in in um, the World Trade Center mm-hmm. area. They bought a huge plot of land there, and they're going to develop. So you'll have your David Chang right. noodles shop and, you know, <laughs> it's whatever. It's early warning sign. <laughs> yes. are going to go up sooner or later. So, yeah. So we got to move fast. Yeah. I mean, when I go to see Yankee games, I'm always thinking to myself, why isn't this, 
Why hasn't it yeah. already gotten on? Because that's, you know, South Bronx is so close. Yeah, no, it will. It will. I mean, landlords used to be very sort of afraid or suspicious of artists moving in. Like, oh, you're an artist. You're not going to be able to pay rent. Yeah. But now they know. I mean, this landlord said, oh, great. You're going to raise right. my property value. Yeah, yeah. And I want to sell my building in five years. Thank you. Right. I mean, it's kind of that kind of transaction now. Yeah. Do you want to paint a mural on the side of my building so it looks <laughs> even more hip? You know, exactly. They yeah. do that in some neighborhoods where they ask artists to tag their buildings. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a sign of like, you know, the neighborhood's getting more arty, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, well, so I don't want to talk about real estate the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how about you? Where So you grew up in Seoul, right? Or I grew up in Seoul. There? Yes, I was born in Seoul. I grew up in Seoul. Um, I was there till I was 12. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to say that I'm going to really be uh, open about my past and kind of overshare because... It's a story that I've sort of have I you know I tell I used to tell this story to my intimate friends like close friends yeah um, because it's a kind of a, I mean it's not a depressing story but it's intense um, but I don't get to tell these stories anymore because people are so busy and you know you don't go out to dinner and just talk about my past you right. just talk about like you're just trying to catch up you yeah. know and talk about current events so. It's very few people know about this, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like I need to brace. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. not. It's it's just a good story. It's a good story, so I want to tell it. It's not like I'm going to ever write a memoir. So yeah. this is a great well, that's opportunity. What this is for. That's <laughs> and um, and I feel like it's. I mean, everyone puts their life into their work, yeah. you know, in their, their art, and but I feel like I definitely fold my story into my paintings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a hard time talking about my work, so hopefully this will kind of help people like, oh, wow, you know, I, I see that now yeah, yeah. in the painting. That's what so it's about. That's, that's what it's about, yeah. So, um, so a young girl in Seoul. Yeah, so <laughs> I was, um, my, so my father was, uh, if you're going to ask me about my parents. Yeah, of course. My father was this incredible, important person he was uh i think he was into some kind of scientific engineering something something i don't know because he came maybe once a month because he had his own family so my mother was the mistress oh yeah so it was really as a really a little girl it was so mysterious because they said oh your father you know he travels a lot you know, he travels extensively. Yeah. So he would come so infrequently. Yeah. Like, wow, he really travels. Here he was spending time at his his family, with his own family. Yeah. Um, so, like, I remember when he, the day that he was coming, it was like the whole house would, they would wash the walls and, you know, clean the house and the, they would be cooking and my, my mother would get bathe and dolled up it was like um it was like a movie like you you had brothers and sisters no i'm the only child so it's just the two of you it's the two of us but my mother my mother comes from a really poor family Mm -hmm. right from jeju island i don't know if you know jeju island um they lived in like those straw roof thatch roof houses like i think you know, it's incredible. I remember seeing it in my grandmother's house. You know, you could you had to go outside and the pig's eye to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Um, it's probably landmark now. It turned into a museum. Um, so she 
you know, after Korean War, like they were living there and my mom had, um, she had four other siblings and I think one died. She may have had six siblings, I'm not sure. And, and her mom, my grandmother. Um, so they were all struggling and, and my mom, um, I think she barely graduated elementary school. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it was really tough, but she was gorgeous. She was beautiful. She was, you know, these Asian women, they're, they're obsessed with bleaching their skin white. She was naturally white, yeah. like very, very white skin. So people would look at her. She had sort of very Western features, big eyes, big nose, you mm-hmm. know, curvy figure. So men would just be all over her. So I think she early on, she decided, okay, I have to get my family out of this poverty. So she went to Seoul. Mm-hmm. And um, she didn't know how to do anything, so she became a cocktail waitress. And that's where she met my father, who was a you know, client. And right. he had his own family, but he f- totally fell for my mom. And, um, and he you know, quickly arranged my mom to, you know, she gave, he gave her a big house, huge house, mansion actually. It mm-hmm. was like a Japanese style, Tatami style, two story house with 11 bedrooms. In the and city? In, the, in Seoul, yeah. yeah. And, um, and she was able to bring all her family, including her mom, to the house to live there. From the island. From the Seoul. island of Jeju, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I. I, I think I used to be really embarrassed about what she was. I mean, God, you know, there's a there's stigma attached to that. But and I used to be embarrassed. So I wouldn't tell that story, also because of that. But now I think she was awesome. You know, she was yeah. a hero to me. Um, and um, you know, she passed away about you know, like ten years ago. So her, you know, that that anniversary is coming up soon. So I just I've been thinking a lot about her, and I'm just thinking she had to do what she had to do. Yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah, so, so my, my father, you know, sort of kept her as a mistress and, and that was the arrangement. And, um, and I wasn't supposed to be born because that would complicate things, but, and, but there I was. How was he with you? Um, when I saw him, he was so doting. I mean, he did, he did travel a lot. Um, and he went to, I think he used to go to Japan a lot. So he would start, he would bring me all the little toys i think not not hello kitty it was before hello kitty because mm-hmm. it was this is a 60s like 67 or 8 yeah i think hello kitty started was invented created like 72 or something but other kind of so cute exotic yeah. dolls and and i would take that to school and people would just go nuts you know yeah, yeah. So, but he was really, he was so sweet with me, but I mean, I saw very little of him. Like I said, he was a mystery yeah, man. Yeah, he, he was kind of once in a while, stop it. I mean, at, when you, when did you find out that information? I didn't find out till much later. I mean, I remember being maybe first grade or second grade. I was in a car, um, I was in a parked car with my, my father and my mom was there and then he he pushed my head down, ducked my head so that someone, some people couldn't see me. Mm-hmm. And here his first family was walking through the parking lot. Oh my God. So I was just secret, you know. So I thought, okay, something is Did really wrong. Did that affect wrong. you? Like that must have affected it, you. It was just, it was like a, you know, 
dreamland. I mean, I, I couldn't, I didn't understand what was going on. No, yeah. I don't think that anyone told me about that till much later. I think when I came to America, right. I think, um, you know, when my mom decided to skip town and uh, go to America, that she left a note for my father. And that's oh, he when didn't, he didn't know. He didn't know. She started, you know, thinking, oh my God, I can't. I can't let my daughter live here with this stigma of being a, you know, not a bastard, but what's the illegitimate child, yeah, you yeah. know? And I was, I was doing really well in school, and I was, um, enter, I was playing piano. I started mm-hmm. playing piano when I was three, and I was started to get really good and taking private lessons and um, entering contests and like, uh, you know, kids contests, but like yeah. national and yeah. winning. So my mom thought, oh, wow, she could become something, but then they're going to know, they're going to find out, you know, and then she's going to be stigmatized. So I yeah, think she's... then that's not, that wasn't... That wasn't cool. Yeah. It wasn't cool at all. Yeah. Um, and my father's family, I think his lineage is so, like, my, my grandfather, my father's father was a um, secretary of state oh, in Korea. Okay. I looked him up in Wikipedia and... Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so they were from if a they certain fa- class, yes, basically. yes. So if they found out, I don't, I don't know what you know what they would have done, but it was just would have been a shame. Yeah. So she um, she developed. She just decided, okay, I'm gonna, I have to get us out of here. But you know, maybe there was an easier way to do it. But she had to go to America first, um, and then she had, she would bring me later. But that mm-hmm. took a year. So my mom left. So your extended family who were there were taking yeah, care of Yeah, yeah. So they were taking care Wait, of me. Wait, but that means there's a house that he bought and she's gone for a year. Yes, yes. She just abandoned it. So what it was did, kind of, it was a mess. Oh, um, so, yeah. So my, but, you know, it's, the house is bought. It's hers. And yeah. he's not going to take it back. And so. he can't say anything because then she could just out him basically yes exactly exactly what a complicated situation (laughs) and didn't you i i guess when you found out about it weren't you thinking like did he have any other i did yeah i did think about it because like those some of those corporate guys yeah you would imagine that they have like like in japan if he finds someone there or you know that's yeah concubine right i mean yeah um it's like you hear about sports guys you know who get busted whenever they have like girlfriends in different towns when they visit and stuff it's like man man i bet there were i bet you know i have three i think i have three siblings that i never have brothers and sisters that i never met yeah they're out there somewhere was that from family one family one oh so you've never i you know i tried to but they're in korea so i can't i don't know how to get online and like ancestry.com you know slash korea right you know i don't even know their their first names or even last names because they may be, you know, the, they got married and, you know. And then you, I would imagine you would also feel slightly hesitant too to be like, hey, hey. Get, what if they don't know? Yeah. Or they probably I, do. I think, I think they may know. And I, but I that, mean. that rearing itself, you yeah, know what I mean? I'm just so busy. I mean, can you imagine? I'm yeah. trying to move my studio and I got to take care of my son and like to add this project right, on. Right. I just can't. I'm just yeah. going to let it go, yeah. you know? Um, it just, yeah, I, I, I do think that my father left me a building somewhere in Seoul. So that's, that's a shame because right. I could have used that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
sell it. <laughs> yeah, sell it. <laughs> sell it immediately. <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, my mom left to go to Hawaii. She um, illegally married uh, a guy from Nebraska. I think she, she paid him $20,000 and uh, got a green card. Whoa. And so her last name turned into Kunkel. It was bizarre. How so, did she find that guy? How does that work <laughs> pre-internet? Yeah. I mean, now I guess with the internet, you think, oh, just email someone randomly. Right, like, hey, right. I think this was all word of mouth. And, you know, she had a group of people that were already living in Hawaii. Wow. Um, a community of Korean women. Yeah. And, you know. Oh, there's a guy here. You can marry him. Yeah. And get yeah. citizenship. I, I, don't, I never understood why she was able to do that because I thought, from the movie Green Card, like you had to live together or pretend that you were living together right. and like, you know, go together to get her green card. But he was somewhere in Nebraska and she was able to get it. Um, well, this is early on. This is a early lot. on. So this I think it was ago. it was very loose and relaxed to right. get into the country. Just like it is today. <laughs> <laughs> we would not be Jeez. here if it was today. <laughs> um, so but it did take her a year or two to invite me over. And I that's when I was just pretty distraught like because my because after my mom left in the big house we, we I don't think that I was th- I wasn't there long because I needed someone to really take care of me so I went to my aunt's house in Daegu because mm-hmm. um, she by then she was married and she was more established and um, I lived with them and I was kind of getting you know going from one place to the next but you know you want to be with your parents right, right? when yeah. you're when Ideally. you're 11 12 you <laughs> Ideally, know yeah. um so um so finally you know i got a call and i was so excited so i went to hawaii and to go to hawaii of all places when right. you're a little kid it's so crazy well, it's so beautiful i mean so hawaii. beautiful wait so you just flew by yourself right i flew by myself with How a little name i was 12 well yeah 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 i could do it especially in those times, unlike today, it's a little more common, I think, for yeah, right, yeah. for younger people yeah, to fly yeah. around by themselves. Yeah, and they to expect get along you to. Themselves. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like parents are thrown into protective services. Oh, totally. Like, what are you doing? With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a. Apparently, I'm a. I used to be a helicopter parent. Now I'm a snowplow parent. Snowplow. Yeah, because yeah. I just push everything away right, right. out of the way so that my son can just have no problems in his life. It's terrible. I've heard the better, the, not better, but the really great description of that curling parents what's that you know the Cur- sport where you yeah, yeah, yeah. rock where yeah. the, we sh- clean the ice so they can glide through seamlessly oh god curling parents it's, and i mean especially because you know we have an only child so yeah, i'm right there with you so he's so fussed over i mean sometimes we'll sit at a dinner and both of us are looking at him you have to eat that one more bite and he's 16 <laughs> I, I wish I could say that I don't do this. We are raising a population of half Asian kids who are completely entitled. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Everything has been done for them. I know. I don't know where my tiger mom, you know, instinct <laughs> went. I just don't have it. Don't I'm like, oh, it. you did enough homework. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's happy and he's doing well. Yeah, so, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, I mean, my, my parents were not strict because they were kind of busy dealing with themselves. But yeah. I mean, teachers and my piano teacher. Oh, I my God. Imagine. Crack she, you on the hands. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. The three feet ruler that yep. she was holding when you were 
practicing. The, the good old days. <laughs> and just learning whack. through fear. No, you you make one mistake, <laughs> she whacks you, and you don't make any more mistakes. Yeah, it's amazing. It motivates. Was, yeah, yeah. They Maybe were. psychological damaging, but you know, it <laughs> motivates. <laughs> Nothing, nothing teaches you faster than the fear of like getting your butt smacked. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 It was like a little piano factory with all these little kids in these tiny little rooms. You go in there. It's just big enough to fit one piano and a stool, and you have to practice for forty-five minutes alone. Yeah. And then you just hear it. There's like twenty rooms, and then you come out and you have your your uh, lesson with the teacher for like forty-five minutes. So that oh, was every day after school. It's kind of it's, scary. It's I'm, crazy. Not to get too off point, but have you seen like the Olympics? Remember when the Olympics were in China and yeah. there was like all these like tiny kids doing things that should take you 20 years to learn? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, they are definitely like under that same kind of like discipline of you <sighs> kids will learn this. Stuff. I can't imagine, <laughs> you know? I know. Okay. I know. So you get to Hawaii. I get to Hawaii and. Paradise? Uh, or are you thinking. Paradise. Or it's paradise. Creepy, or not so creepy, that's the thing. It's always kind of a the opposite. It's paradise, but it's a nightmare. Yeah, you know, it's like it's, daunting, right? It's so daunting. I mean, I remember my apartment. I looked out the window. There were double rainbows every morning. Oh, I love those in Hawaii. Oh, those every nice. morning. Were but, you on Oahu? Oahu, yeah, because like on if you if you look north, right? Yes, you'll yes, see those. those mountains. Yeah, yeah and they're always it's so kind nice. of misty. Very nice, but. The reality of it was that my mother had to go get a job right away. Or she was working, again, as a cocktail waitress. Mm -hmm. So she had the nighttime job. So I I land in Honolulu. She puts me in some random public school, which happened to be like one of the worst schools in Honolulu. And uh, I don't speak a word of English. And she leaves. And I don't see her forever because she leaves... um, she comes home after I go to sleep. She comes home yeah. at four in the morning. And then when I'm up, she's asleep. I can't wake her, you know? So I make myself breakfast. I think I had a bowl of cereal every morning. And then I take myself to school. I walk to school. I was 12. I, was, I did not speak a word of English. And this went on for, I think, many years. It's nuts. I mean, I just couldn't. I mean, she had to do what she had to do. She had to, yeah. this is what she had, you know, that's the job that she could get. And she made a lot of money, a lot of tips. But um, to not have any guidance and, you know, I'm the only child. So so I just became this wild child really oh, quickly. Yeah. No supervision. No authority. Um, this was the 70s. Um, you know, that so going into, it was, I think I was going into seventh grade in this public school, and I'll never forget the first day of school was, uh, first period was health, mm-hmm. health education, right. and they were showing the video of, you know, a woman giving birth, <laughs> and then the, I think there was an oral exam, oral presentation, and I feel like I had to give an oral presentation. It couldn't be, but I can, I see myself standing up there in the front, you know, and everyone, all these faces looking at me, laughing. I don't think it happened, but I I just... (laughs) Isn't it funny how those memories, like, you're not sure, because you... Uh, over time, you're not sure if you're kind of embellishing it or if, or if it's a it's dream. Really, or I if think it's there reality. was one moment. I think there was a time when I saw thirty faces looking up and like laughing. And you're just talking about rearing chi- children and <laughs> childbirth. 
um, and um, yeah, and also it was it was a uh, you know Hawaii is so beautiful, but education system isn't wasn't, wasn't you know you you have great pu- yeah, private schools, but public schools were really they were problematic because there's a lot of um, poverty and yes and yes crime and poverty yeah. and. A lot of, I mean, it was very multicultural. I mean, it was every kind of, you know, race. But yeah. they didn't, we did not get along. It was really unfortunate. Like what, I remember how the Taiwanese stuck together, the Vietnamese stuck together. I mean, the Asians did not yeah. stick together. They all broke off into little, you know, Japanese stuck together, the Koreans and the Haoles, oh. the white people, you know, mm-hmm. they, they yeah, stayed yeah. alone. And then the Hawaiians and the Samoans, like they sort of were the, the ones that were like the the head of you know they right. ruled the roost. They you know? were the OGs. They were yeah. there first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inner I, inner Asian racism is crazy. Like yes, people it was get really, really you know and anti, the FOB like the, uh, oh you just came here so you're FOB so right. you know you're at the bottom of the the wrong and you have to do what I say. It was really rough. There were a lot of fights after school. Yeah. I mean seventh eighth graders they were fighting. Um, girl fights were the worst. I mean, they would they were wearing these platform shoes, you know, and then they would like kick the shoes off their feet, and they would like some girls would land on their head, get concussions. It was just, it was Crazy. rough. And I just thought that that was middle school. My mom's not around, and I'm just losing my mind. Like I, so I you just didn't can't. have any of that discipline you had in Korea with the teachers, right? And the music teachers. No, they were that. smoking cigarettes. The teachers were smoking and. It was just, um, it was a total chaos. So I thought, I have to get out <laughs> of here. Teachers are probably on drugs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 70s, right? 70s, I mean, yeah. it was, you know, that decade. Oh, my goodness. And then um, I found out this guy who, this boy who was a head of, like, the, the, he was also Hawaiian. He was, like, the gang leader. Apparently, he liked me. He, he had a crush on me, Uh-oh. I was told. So all the girls started beating me up. Oh, yeah. You didn't even... Get the opportunity to date. No, Mr. no, everything. I didn't. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so, like, I would walk down the hallway, and they would just come and just pull down my tube top, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So it just was bedlam. It was bedlam. It really was. Um, and then, so I you just know, nowadays, you know, because we have kids. I mean, you're, I think your son's a little older than mine, but yeah. the anxiety thing that yeah. is, you know, riddles our society with young people. Like, we grew up in stuff like that. You know, like, I remember there was a kid in the neighborhood who you you just feared for your life. Right. Like he was just going to come around and destroy you if he sees you. You know what I mean? Like, living under that kind of fear. We never talked about anxiety, but I'm sure we were... We were. We were in it. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? I I think... And, I mean, now, you, you some kid, you know, bullies you a little bit. It's just, you know, the principal, the teachers, right, right. the, you know, everyone gets involved. You know, there's no room for that now. I guess it's been supplanted, like, the actual fear you had of getting your ass kicked. Right. Or, you know, or just being, like, really bullied, not cyber yes, bullied. right. Has been supplanted by, like, this anxiety that, like, everyone's kind of watching you now because yes. online and everyone online. sees everything you're doing and everything's a really big deal because it's so public right? when no one really cares because there's a million people out there. You know what I mean? But it seems like the anxiety is of, you know, that that kind of big brotherishness of it. Sometimes I wish they had, you know, we had little, I think we have too much of that now. Yeah, You know, because they can't can't afford to make a mistake or anything. Right. Even, you know, 
dating. I mean, now they have to date now, and it's just yeah. they're so cautious. I mean, I have a boy. It's their image, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, they have to be very, very careful. Like, you know. I wonder it's worse, that kind of, like, ghost-like you know, anxiety of like people judging or watching or like running from your life down the block at the park. I think something in the middle would be nice. Some kids can kick your butt. Yeah, right. A little balance between the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I wish I could have gotten some help. I don't even know if there was a counselor or anything. Did you Um, have a lot of friends? I had one friend, a Korean friend. Yeah. (laughs) She, uh, she helped me and, um, yeah, it was pretty lonely. It was a pretty lonely time. It was pretty miserable. So, and then I I noticed as you know I got older, it, they were all going to go to this one high school. All of them, all the same group, going to this bad high school. I thought I got to get out of here. So I found out about um, uh, this high school, private high school. It's it was Midpack Institute. It's sort of a, it's kind of a, a rival to Punahou, mm-hmm. who missed, you know. Obama went to right. um, grade school. So I, I told my mom, I said, I, Mom, I have to get into a, this school. I, I'm going to die. Let me guess. Uh, she said, good luck. She said, yeah. She <laughs> said, oh, really? How are you going to do that? Yeah, right. well, I remember like taking tests and interview and somehow I got in nice. and, and, and um, it was expensive, but my mom paid for it. By then, my mom was doing well. You know, she stopped being a, a cocktail waitress. She opened a store, oh, you know, really? got opened a business and she was selling jewelry and some you know, designer bags or oh, something on cool. Waikiki Beach. So we, you know, we moved to a, a big condo in Waikiki Beach, actually. So mm-hmm. and so life turned for better. I mean, but it was pretty wild still. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I like my high school a lot. It was just so much more civilized and. And um, still a little bit clicky, you know, racially, but just just nicer and not a lot of um, violence. Yeah. <laughs> so it's conducive to learning. Right. So I learned a little bit. I did not learn a thing in middle school. I learned a little bit in high school. And um, um, I mean, and I, you know, I, I was interested in art. I mean, I was I was going to I wanted to become a pianist, right? Mm-hmm. Concert pianist. And. It all stopped when I came to America because my mom couldn't afford. She just didn't have the time or the emotional energy to like hire a, a teacher or yeah. you know where we're gonna get a piano and you know things like that. So that just stopped. So, but I was interested in art in the very in the minimal way. Um, I was also doing little drawings of. Um, I thought I would become like a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. I was really into clothes. So I would draw, when I was little in Korea, I used to draw, um, you know, paper dolls, because people were still very poor. Sorry. Let me have a glass of water. It's okay. And um, um, so they, the kids would play with uh, paper dolls, Mm -hmm. and they needed clothes to put hang on the dolls so, you'd make so i would make the clothes and i would sell the clothes to the to the, the you know my friends just that a little fabric like no 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 Clo- a paper out of oh, paper. A paper yeah so you draw right. it and then you have a little tab that goes over the oh, body yeah, and, it just and then in. she's wearing you know new clothes yeah um so so then you know i thought oh you know it would be really nice to get into art somehow you know i don't know how you know fashion design, interior design, design, design. I don't even know what that mean, it meant. But yeah. I did take, a, there was a photography 
class in high school, I took that. And there was a silk screening class. I took that and I really enjoyed it. Oh, that's cool. And um, at an early age. Yeah. So then, you know, and then just out of nowhere, there was a little card table size uh, college fair mm-hmm. at my school. And it was from Parsons. It was a summer program fair, you know. And Imagine I, that faculty at Parsons who gets to go to Hawaii. All right. <laughs> what a great job. It's a good gig. Yeah. Just, you know, hand out some pamphlets. Right. Free so, trip to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. It worked. Like, what you, is this? You were, like looked into it. Four-week program yeah. in, in New York. I was 16, sophomore, right? And I said, Mom, I want to go to this by myself. To New York, and she said, "Okay." Yeah, sure. See you later. <laughs> Have fun. Definitely, very hands off. That's oh, amazing. You know, only especially child. New York at that time. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Just go. Just have go. At it. Have fun. You'll do fine. So I. Well, that's good though, right? Oh, it was. A, I mean, I'm here now, right? Right. And because of that. Because I mean, what that, if it, what if your mom was like, "You're not going anywhere. Right. You're staying here." Right. Right. You know that. I, who knows what would have which, happened? Which which in theoretically sounds more responsible right see you gotta sometimes <laughs> or guiding just be, sometimes you have to just say go. what the hell yeah <laughs> go live kid <laughs> um you know i i was i was very wild and i you know it was the 70s so i did a lot of things that i shouldn't have done but i never went overboard like yeah. i was always i did all my homework you know i we lived you know when we were living in waikiki we lived above a nightclub so I would come home from high school, I would do my homework, I would get dressed, and I would go to the club. I was 14, 15. They would let me in. I'd dance all night. And you then go to school the next day? School the next day. Wow. I don't know how I did that. It's crazy. Well, you had a lot of energy, I guess. <laughs> yes. Your mom must have been exhausted. She was exhausted. Well, she she was just really worked tired. her butt off. Like yeah. It was just her. Yeah, it was just her. Um, but, you know, she's... Just going back to Korea for a few minutes, it's just when she wanted to bring all her family over to support them, to give them a better life, one of the most important things for her was to send her brother, because, you know, Asians love their boys, brother, mm-hmm. to college, because yeah. nobody went got any education. So not only were they taken care of, but my uncle got to go to college, and he's now hugely successful. He was a... Co- culture minister of culture in korea wow. he's director at the the seoul culture art center I, I don't know what it's called exactly but it translates to that um he's so i'm so proud of my mom that she actually did this yeah. you know so she was taking care of me but she was also taking care of all those uh, siblings and Wait, my so, grandmother so he accomplished that after going to school when she sent him to school, basically. Yes, yes, yes. So he moved from the island up. Oh, no, no. My uncle was in Korea when... Oh, no. To, from Jeju. From Jeju. Oh, right, Seoul. right. To Seoul, she yes. Moved, she moved he, them. She moved them. She moved all of and them And then to he Seoul. went to school there. He and went to and school there, the, the college there, and she oversaw all that. And then by the time we left to go to Hawaii, he was he was successful. I mean, he was on his way to becoming successful. And it sounds know. like achievements in the bloodline between both yeah. your mom's side yeah. and your dad's side. Yes, yes, in a di- very different way, right. but yes, yes. But yes. yeah, that's impressive that he was able to yeah. do that. Yeah, with my mom, it's just sheer, you know, strength. Grit. Yeah, yeah. grit, yeah, exactly. Um, so, 
so then uh, was I saying about back to Hawaii? No, yeah, so she let me go to Parsons. Um, and I don't know why I did not stay, pick the dorm, because mm-hmm. I was only 16. I should have picked a dorm, but I didn't. I stayed, I came to New York, and I went to, I stayed at YWCA on 34th Street. It was wild. <laughs> Guns wild. and Abrams. Oh, <laughs> my God. I, but I remember looking down, I, you know, I landed, I took the train, or I don't know how I got, there was no train. No, it must have been a taxi or bus or whatever. And being on Fifth Avenue in the morning, looking up towards Fifth Avenue, uptown, and these people, it's like the movie Koyani Skati, like oh, all yeah, these yeah. faces the coming lapse, towards yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just, my heart was just just pumping. I could not believe it. I was like, oh my God, I'm in love. This is it. This I is where I want to be. I can hear the Glass right now. Yeah, just right? watching you, seeing all the people flying And people by. dressed in suits. I haven't seen a suit. I used to, you know, I used to, I love clothes. And yeah. in Hawaii, you just wear flip-flops and, you know, a bikini. That's yeah. it. And, you know, jeans. Casual so, 24-7. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and men were wearing suits and, you know, they were going to work and, oh, it just, I was so happy. So then I, then, so my, my, the w, uh, YWCA that I was staying at was so gross. You know, there would be rats running around and it what was What year just, is this? Eight, was um, it was 80, no, not 81, 78, 78. Yeah. Oh man. And yeah. 34th street. 34th street. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It was, it was not a good scene. Must so, have been grimy. So I, um, I was walking around my neighborhood and there was a store, this sort of new wave punk store, uh, clothing store mm-hmm. on 20, 29th Street, I think, in Madison. I walked in, there was this Japanese lady, she had the store, she was amazing. She had like a dress made out of garbage bags or something, you know, very punky, like that movie Diva kind of, yeah. you know, it, punk was really pumping then you know yeah. turning into new wave and she had great clothes and we just started chatting and I really got along with her and uh, I told her about my living situation and she said oh you want to go upstairs I have this empty room you can stay there if you want to help me with you know just doing some chores and stuff so I go upstairs and again it's like a movie about 2,000 square feet of nothing like beautiful hardwood floors beautiful windows but sort of cobwebs everywhere and mm-hmm. one chaise lounge in the middle of the room. Can you imagine? Like these oh. days, never. <laughs> I heard like, whoa, you know. Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, I'll take it. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll move right Sold. in. <laughs> oh, and that was just so wonderful to be with this woman. She was in her maybe 30s. Mm-hmm. And we started to, she started to take me to clubs. I mean, it, the, the sad thing is that I did not really focus on my studies during Parsons, I was more obsessed with getting into culture yeah. and finding out about New York City. Right. Um, Did you get to know her story at all? Uh, not really. Not really. No, we she didn't sit around. She, and she just, just showed, showed me up. around. And yeah. we started going to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, the mm-hmm. midnight showing. So we'd get dressed up and do that and you know throw toast and rice, things like that. And, yeah. and we started going to clubs, like serious clubs, clubbing at Mud Club and... Not like CBGB's Maxis, punk? CBGB's, oh, okay, you yeah. know, and Danceteria. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny because in Hawaii, I was really into disco. 
So, and then when I came to New York, disco was ending quickly, and I just kind of shed that away, like really quickly. Disco didn't end with like a a slow fade. It was kind of like it 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 went from disco to disco sucks. (laughs) It was that song. Yeah, it was like it's over. Disco duck killed it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? We'll talk about music later. But (laughs) disco is back, baby. It's there's like the my husband and I have been listening to disco. Every Friday at the studio because we share a studio oh, that's together. So funny. I do that sometimes where I have like disco Thursdays in class and I'll play yeah. just nothing but disco. But you gotta get the obscure, not the popular ones. It's it's always the way. It's the B side, right? So you gotta get the obscure ones. Like yeah. for example, like Sister Sledge. I mean, that's it's awful. Like right, we right. are family, yeah. but there's a song that no one knows. It's called Lost in Music. Uh-huh. It's fantastic. Donna Summer, you know, horrible, right? Everyone's like, ooh. No, there's an album, um, early, early, early album that's fantastic. It's really, everyone should have an open mind and listen to disco again. Yeah, like the real stuff. The real stuff. I real love, stuff. Uh, like, my favorite Diana Ross song is My Piano. I feel like not many people know that Oh, track, I don't know that one. Is it dis- disco or is it, it sounds slow? Oh, no, it's, it's kind of disco-y. Okay, all right. All right. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes it's like second or third tier yeah things are really great it's really interesting how um like musicians their their early career like their first second albums i feel like are the best and then yeah. is it but artists are different i think artists get better and better i think sometimes I yeah yeah it depends yeah it depends but yeah I, do, I i agree with you yeah i think sometimes that energy especially in music yeah like when you haven't figured it out or when you haven't been right. defined by sound yet right is liberating and then it's like oh well, now we got to do this now right. we got to do that whereas i think it, with art it's kind of it's more in the middle of like there's some expectation but people will push you to move and, right you know and i think also music is tied in with youth and yeah. you know voice gets old and you get old and i think it's going to affect your career touring would get old um, i mean but i, never I think with long. art i mean i think you you're fine till 70 80, yeah. you know? You so just keep going at, and going. Yeah, exactly. I'm very grateful for that. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in, in, so back in New York, summer of Sam, no, summer <laughs> at 70, 76. Um, I remember going to one disco um, uptown. It wasn't Studio 54, it was Bond uh, with my friend. It was really cool, but... But then at the same time, I was, ooh, this punk, and, you know, so I was doing both. And then, and then by the time I left New York to go back to Hawaii, I had cut off my hair. I had long brown hair down to my butt. Mm-hmm. I cut that all up, and it was kind of like a big, like a big fat mohawk. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, kids dye their hair, but this was the first generation of right. dyeing hair <laughs> yeah. with crazy color and yeah. manic panic, you know, and yeah. it was bright blue. Nice. So I went, so the little girl that left Hawaii with long brown hair and a tan came back all. <laughs> and everyone was like, what I mean, there's, there was no punk in Hawaii. I, yeah. was, I was probably the first person that sort of, you know, imported it. Yeah. With the cut up, you know, cut up t-shirts, all my safety pin, the t-shirts. Right. And uh, when I went back to Hawaii, my mom came to the airport and she looked at me just blank face like, who are you? So mom, it's me. And she just started crying. <laughs> like, what happened to my daughter? Do you say, you let me go? <laughs> exactly. You let me go. This is fashion. Right. And, um, but, 
you know, and people people turned around. Like I would walk down the street, and people just like were looking at me. And were you into it? I was so into it. So you know, shortly after there was a club that opened and called uh, 3D. It mm-hmm. was a new wave club. So it's you know it just became like a fashion thing, like yeah. fashion forward, but fashion thing. Well, it takes everything Hawaii. a little longer to get to yeah. the islands. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so so you know, New York summer summer school in New York just changed my life so I thought okay this is it I'm gonna yeah when you went back were you thinking okay yeah I gotta somehow I gotta go back there yeah east coast so how did you make that happen um well I I, you know I sort of randomly I did apply to Parsons um and Philadelphia College of Art Mm -hmm. and I did not get into Parsons I did get into Philadelphia College of Art I didn't really have much information that like at that time there was no internet yeah and my high school teachers really had no, they, they couldn't help me. It's really so. just at that point, I think about a pre-internet, it's a guessing game. Yeah. It was like word of mouth and you're like, oh, this seems yeah. like it would be a yeah. good place to apply The choices to. are narrower because it's, there's no, you know, there's no internet. Yeah. So maybe in a way it's simpler. Right. You know? Yeah. You so. just shoot for the places you've heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now it's like, you know what? There's a great school yeah. in Idaho in the um, southern, you know, or whatever. I, I went there, you know, I, I have to start thinking about college for my son. I mean, even though he's, you know, he's still, he's going to be junior in the fall, but he can never be, you know, too, too. Well, that's New York way. I know. It's like in eighth grade, you start thinking uh, about I should have been doing this when he was. College programs. Yes. Jeez. So I looked and it, there's like all kinds of websites and apps that matches your kid to the schools mm-hmm. and you put, you input inf- you know, information and what he's good at and his grade average and, and you know, where do you want to go? And it's, it's mind boggling how many schools can come up and you can refine your search, but it's still like 137, you know, colleges yeah. match your kid. <laughs> at, so. at 25 to $50 an application fee, you're in the hole. <laughs> But there's options. It's that thing where it's like, you know, sometimes it it may feel watered down, but but there's a lot of options. So it's it's kind of like a plus negative. Yes. Yeah. I I will not deal with it till I move my studio and then I'll I'll attack that. Yes. (laughs) The order of operations. See, studio move. Yeah. I'm not the the tiger mom. If I was a tiger mom, I should be on it by now. But he's got a he's at the age where he's got to figure that out. too. Yes. 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 Yeah. He's really he's into music. So we'll see. Um, Is he going to go to college for music? Um, That's definitely a like the Juilliard and and not not Juilliard. No, not that sort of he's really interested in other things too like architecture and political science and you know he said I I don't know if I want to be a professional musician he likes to he's been uh, producing Mm -hmm. um, uh, rap like rap music Mm -hmm. the background you know he he raps with his friends Uh, beats yeah yeah so he's really into that so he says he may want to do that he's like do I have to go to college for that just like intern with Timbaland (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or something, you know? Right, right. They say, well, uh, you still have to go. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I, I applied to two, I think, and, and, you know, Parsons rejected me, and Philadelphia College of Art accepted me, so I went. Which is, is that still a school? It's a, it's a University of, oh, God, what is it called? Uni- it's different University now, right? of Arts? Yeah, like, um. I think that's what it's yeah. called now. 
Yeah, Pennsylvania University of Arts or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I should know. I should. I I never get any. um, I don't get any kind of uh, correspondence from uh, schools at college and high school because I changed my name. Now they're gonna know because when I came to America, I was so embarrassed by my name. So I changed really? it legally. Name? What was your Korean name? Well, Three Mie. names. Right? It's Mie. Mie. Yeah, but, in Mie. But Mie then you have a third. No, oh, that's, just, that's it. Yeah. Oh, Mie. Mie. Yeah. Okay. Mie. Gotcha. So, you know, they would pronounce it my, me, you know. Right, right. They still do, actually. So I that's just. That's a Japanese name, too. That Mie. is a Japanese name. And it's yeah. pronounced Mie. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right? You pronounce, you would spell it M I E, wouldn't Mie. you? Yeah. Mie. Um, and so I was. You know, with being teased and not being able to speak the language and all this, I thought, oh, hell with it. I got to change my name to something very Western. Right. So I randomly picked the most American name, Jennifer. <laughs> so I changed my name to Jennifer Yim from mid- high yeah. school to college. Everyone, some friends still call me Jennifer. <laughs> well, there's, and there's a lot of Korean Americans with Jennifer or Grace or Julie, you know, like, Why did I like do the that? most common name you picked. Jen. Jen, Jen. So I remember when I was graduating college, last day, towards the last day, I, I said, you know what? I, I'm okay with being Asian. I'm okay being different. <laughs> right. You know, I am that. So I'm changing it back to Mie. So I remember I met my husband at a nightclub and, you know, we were dating and I remember giving him my card and mm-hmm. uh, I wrote Jennifer slash me. I had to give people two names. Options, whichever one you're more comfortable with. <laughs> so the new people started calling me Mie. So that's why they can't, I don't think they can find me. Well, at least though that. you were in Hawaii where it's much more pro, not pro, not that middle America is anti-Asian, but you know what I mean? There's a lot more Asian people. So yes. Yes. A little less. Like if you move to, where was that guy from that, that, you're uh, from Oklahoma or something? Oh, Nebraska? Nebraska, yeah. yeah. If you move there, then Mia yes. is a lot right. you know, more exotic. Right, right. But I remember being, I remember sort of, they there was a hierarchy, really, and Koreans were kind of at the bottom of, uh, you know, or Asians were underneath the, you know, the whites, Hawaiians, Asians, and mm-hmm. of Asians, Koreans were one of the, you know, bottom pool. So I, it was better for that. I, I changed to Jennifer. But then it's like, I look the same. You know, I may be Jennifer, but I look the same. Right. So I don't know what I was thinking. Um, look, I'm white. My name's white. <laughs> My name's white. At least I didn't get a plastic <laughs> surgery or anything, yeah. you know, like uh, kids are doing now. Right. It's insane. I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, Korea of all people, the all most. places. You know, they they have. I remember I went back to Korea not too long ago, and there was a like a like a district like Soho that was just dedicated to plastic yeah. surgery. Um, that had, had one place that looked like a fast food restaurant, mm-hmm. but it I looked up and it was just various nose jobs you can get. So you can pick an A nose, B nose, and there was like a revolving door you could go in and get it done. Right. I think maybe the popularity popularity is aided by the fact that it seems like they're so good at it too because there's so many celebrities that you see and you never know yeah like they're it's so well done right right and other whereas like remember plastic surgery when we were younger where you're like whoa what happened to that person's (laughs) face like you knew immediately like well someone had some work done yes (laughs) now it's like you can't 
you can't even tell. You can't tell. Yeah, it's, they're very good at it. Yeah, and you know, I remember going back to Korea after living in America for a while, and my aunt would be like, "We gotta do your eyes. We gotta. My <laughs> my surgeon yeah. is gonna come here. He does house calls. Let's oh, nice. Do, let's give you a nose lift. Uh, you know that you got." Please, I'm not doing that. You don't even have to commute to get your face changed. <laughs> it's really, I mean, yeah, she's had her eyelids done so much that they actually don't close anymore oh, no. when she sleeps. They're half open. That's it's not creepy. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen pass to out me. On the couch, pass out on the couch and you're just talking to them. And yeah. go, Wait a minute. She's asleep. Oh, anyway. Um, okay, so you... Went to school. Yeah, I went in to school Philly. In Philly, yeah. Did you like Philly? I liked Philly. Yeah, it but, was. Or was it kind of like you know a stepping stone to New York? Did you feel like? Yeah, that? I. I mean, I. I would have preferred, I guess, to be in New York. But I think in hindsight, it was better that I was in Philly because I was really into going out and partying. Oh, you never would have made art if you went exactly in, exactly in New York City. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, by this time, I, I think my mom was still living in Hawaii, so I was alone again, um, living in a dorm, mm-hmm. and then eventually having getting an apartment with some friends. Um, Are you making art? Art at this point? Um, I was. I actually started majoring in illustration because I just there was you know it's the Korean in me, it's the immigrant in me. I just I guess I always thought I can't I can't make fine I can't do fine art even something though I liked employable. it. Yeah, I need to yeah. do something to make money. I mean. You know, down the line, I'm going to have to take care of my mom. You know, yeah. she took care of me. Um, so I was I was majoring in illustration. And then junior year, I don't know where I got the idea, but I or maybe I heard about it <clears throat> from someone about Tyler School in mm-hmm. abroad in Italy, in Rome. Yeah. And, oh, I want to go to that. I want to do that. And it was painting, not illustration. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. I just I just felt like I need a change. Like this illustration thing is really uptight and too practical and not sexy, mm-hmm. you know. And the cool kids were the painters and the multimedia artists. You know, I wanted to hang out with them. Some things never change, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Um, and so I it spurred the moment kind of thing. I applied and I went to Rome just for a semester, mm-hmm. you know. And that's all that's, it takes. That's that was it. That yeah. was it. It's like okay, this is what I really want to do, and not illustration. I want to paint. You know, I, I would I would go from the pensione to school. I would walk. I would walk by Piazza del Popolo and go in to you know to a, a chapel and see a Caravaggio every day, like for. Five minutes. Yeah, that's real education. Yeah. You know, I just soaked it in art and architecture. Yeah. Yeah, overwhelming, totally. That, I mean, just environments like that. Like, I remember the first time I went to Notre Dame, and I was like, oh, I could kind of understand Christianity, or like how people would or get into you know, yeah. <laughs> religion. Yes. Like, if it looks like that, yes. and yes. the service is like that. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Know? Just like if you go to a like temple in Nada or something, you're like, oh, okay, Buddhism, I get it. Right. You know? Right. No. It's so art, that's like art mecca in a way. You art know? mecca to the max. Like I there's just... so much. Everything is artistic. The architecture, the, you know, the statues, the, the little things on the building, you know? Like, yeah, everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, even culture and Italians, I don't know, there's something kind of, 
I felt an affinity to Italians because they're kind of warm. Like Koreans are really warm. That's true. And they sort of slap you in the back when you talk. Yeah. You know, that's what they do. And the food is, the more south you go, the more sort of, you know, kind of, you know, hearty. And I mean, when you go to Milan, it's, it's more refined. But I associate like Sicily with like Jeju Island, you yeah, know. Yeah. Isn't um, it funny those kind of differences between like local areas or like yeah. sort of like ethnic because in, it always seems that Koreans are the more like more susceptible to hugging or being more they like loosey goosey, you know. Whereas like Japanese, no way, it's like super, yeah, very buttoned up. Yeah, and then in China, I mean, there's a wild really side to the Japanese. I oh, right. know, but, no, but, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm generalizing. Yeah, but yes, but you know, just are. maybe like culturally, yes, interaction wise, you know, and like in Italy, it's like that. You know, it's totally different field than Germans. Yes, they exactly. Just, or, or French, you know. Yeah, the French exactly. are very, you know, proper and yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really just it was just dream come true, and you know, I remember the art history teacher. I forget her name, but she would just she would give us take us on tours. That was unbelievable. She would just you know arrive in her little bicycle. She looked like Mary Poppins. And she would arrange us for us to go into like Capitoline Museum, but then she would always have us go into an area that's not allowed, you know, mm-hmm. not open to public. And she just knew so much and told us so much stories You're that like, just she humanized can't be, she everything. She can't be real, this woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a- I gotta find out what her name is. Um, and um, so you caught the bug. Yeah, I and caught you the bug. It back. I caught the bug. I was doing. It's funny it, in the studio in Italy. I was doing very abstract paintings, though. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, I just felt like that's that's what I want to do. Like I wasn't. I was looking at the art in Italy, but I at that time I did not think like, oh, let me. You know, I love Caravaggio. Let me do figurative work. I, right. I thought well, I, I'll look at Caravaggio, learn from it, but I am an abstract painter. Where who were the people you were looking at at the time? Um, I you know de Kooning, the yeah. the usual the Canon, Abex people, right, right. Mm-hmm. and um, and also I was really I was interested in um, you know like Louise Bourgeois and mm-hmm. you know sort of feminist artists and I was looking all over, um, but I just thought I, I really liked working big and physical and 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 you know painting just painting with you know marks and gestures. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I remember this one teacher, painting teacher, Larry Spade, I think is his name. He said to me, "You know, you should forget this. You should forget this abstract stuff, and 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 do your identity thing. Like what identity? You know, by now my name is Mie. So yeah. oh no, 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 I'm still Jennifer. I'm still Jennifer. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking I'm white, and I'm I'm a male white." painter and here he's going you're an asian woman yeah you work with that and i was so blown away by that i thought i thought it was so insulting i was like no way you know why can't i do a big abstract painting right but here 10 years later i do it i go i address it Mm -hmm. i mean he he was it's kind of insulting and inappropriate advice but it's interesting that I did not address my Asian identity at all. You know, the fact that I changed my name and, you know, yeah. that I really felt like I have, I'm not different from, you know, Philip Guston at all. Well, actually I am, you know, and, yeah. li- and listen to my history. I mean, I'm as, I'm so different, 
you know, I'm not, I did not grow up in middle America with supportive parents and went to great school and, you know. Yeah, but that story, your story is just as American as any other story. Right. I mean, right. yeah, you came over when you were 12. Right. But, you know, Europeans came over too. It was right. just maybe a generation two or three before or whatever, but it's not like that's in, you know. I mean, obviously right. you have a cultural identity yes, too, but yes. in the same light, like you can, it's, I, I always get frustrated when, you know, people want to push people of a certain culture, yes. of a certain race into like, oh no, you need to make work like this because, right. you know, you're. No, it was very presumptuous of him to say that. Right. Um, like an African American can't make an abstract painting. It's like, no, exactly. no, you got to paint about being black. It's like, exactly. no, like you, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that. Right. That's in there anyways, really. That's in there. That is in there. And I had to come way around, like such a long way, where I am now making work that's abstract, Mm -hmm. finally. But I've, you know, I've folded everything into it now so that the, that sort of, what he was referring to, you know, the, you know, your Asian-ness. I mean, not that I, you know, like you said, like it was already in there, but I, I did want to, at a certain point, I, I started out my, you know, I went back to U.S. and and started doing, 10 years later, I started doing figurative work, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I thought, well, let me, you know, let me change my name back to Mie and let me see where I can, how I can sort of show this side. Like, maybe I'm really embarrassed to show these little bunnies and bears doing naughty things and, mm-hmm. you know, show it in kind of a dreamlike fairy tale way. But let me and see. And that's when you first started showing, right? That's when I first started showing, yeah. So people are like, oh, this is Asian. This is, a- yeah. Are you like, like, what do you think about yourself like compared to Nara? So I already felt when I was, I, I was, it was pretty successful right away when mm-hmm. I started doing that, um, the figurative work. And I'm um, <clears throat> showing, you know, New York and, you know, Turin and, you know, and uh, group shows. But I did it for, what, like six years or something. And um, I hit a wall already. Like it was it was something that I should have done just in my studio. Right. <laughs> you know, and not shown it out there. But the because get it out of your system stages yes, that we yes. all... We yes. all do. Yeah. Yes, um, but you know, it, I'm not complaining. You know, I. Well, I, I think did we that. do a most a lot of well, not most artists, but I think a lot of artists do that in their work too, where they go yeah. through phases. Yeah. And then ten years later, they look at and you know they've been showing. Yes. And they're like, oh, I was definitely working out this set of problems right. there, and but that's what fuels the work, so you can't really. Right. Not do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's yeah. something to be said, like you were saying, sometimes that early work, there's something in there. You there's know that is. In there. Maybe later on you feel like, oh, well, I was just trying to deal with this problem or something. And that seems so right. like I'm over that. But at that point, that's really an important voice you it know, in your own work. It was important for me to do that. I mean, yeah. it's a shame that I had to, you know, kind of do this sort of in public. Like, oh, this is not working anymore. I'm going to I'm going to change now. And um, and it was, you know, sort of my career kind of got quiet during you know during that transition but do you feel like it was like people were like oh this isn't asiany enough anymore yeah, it kind of yeah like what are you trying to do like it's it right. was in between yeah. stage and people really want to grab on to a signature right, right away and yeah. um well that's they people don't like to it do when that. you change to define people by oh you're the person who yeah. does that yeah yeah and even now i mean i i 
I think that my paintings now have a lot of, you know, not only is it, you know, kind of, it's abstract mm -hmm. and um, there's kind of r rigor in it and um, anxiety and all kinds of elements in it, but they still say, oh, it's so, it's so sweet. They, they just see the sweet part. Yeah. And I want a little bit less of sweet and a little more sour right in it um and i think it's it's happening people are starting to realize that they, that it's it's not i'm not doing the teddy bears like they still right. think about the teddy bears yeah. and they're not just simple teddy bears they're, they've gone kind of under the the banal sort of puffiness of teddy bear into like the sort of the skeletal part or the muscular part of right. them yeah um to sort of deal with the you know the existential anxiety of them what what is it about yeah, which I I can totally see what you're saying. What is it about people that they just like that kind of like that first statement or the first easy line that describes it? Because if you think of not, I mean, another Asian artist like Takashi Murakami, when right. he blew up, it was right. that manga stuff, you know, or the cutesy flowers. Right. He's gone on to do like skulls and dadamas and like crazy you know, like some real dark stuff in yes. there. And you can tell people are just like, well, I don't really... Most people. Yeah. Uh, I like his flowers. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And he still has to do some flowers once, every yeah, once yeah. in a while to, to, like, to keep to them do. happy. Which I, you know, that's fine, I guess. It's yeah. just funny that people, most people just like that surface, you know, know, the easy digestible thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as you try to tweak it or push it. Yeah. It there's a, a certain smaller group of people get really interested in right. that, but I think most people are just like, no, no, I just want the flowers, please. It's just I think you have to give them bears. time. You know, they they yeah. they will. I, now I've done this for so long that now I understand that people. It you have to give people like ten years to come around, right? And you know, hopefully by that time you're doing something else that no one understands. You know, so yeah, you're yeah. always riding the wave a little bit ahead of people, which is. You know, I used to be so like anxious about, oh, I'm not showing anymore. I, you know, people don't get my work anymore. Yeah. And now I could care less. I mean, it's, it's a joy of being, well, that, you know, getting a little older. The and gift being of age, right? Yeah. Like, well, this is what I'm interested in. Exactly. exactly. You, you're not like, oh, what, what should I do? Should I change? You want me to change this? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just get to the point where you're like, no, no, I'm working out these things. Yeah. And I'm interested in this. And, yeah. you know, if, if people find it, they find it. Yay. You know, hopefully they do. But. I'm not going to, you know, change that just right. because then you'll endlessly be changing anyways yeah, as I, the temperatures and the, the winds of whatever is right? interesting or not, you know, and I feel lucky that like in my work, I've always been interested in that kind of darker skeleton, mm -hmm. but I kind of try to hide it in something that is desirable to look at in a way. So it's like this push pull at the same time. Right, right. But I know there's, there's so many artists who really, that I admire who deal with that dark kind of like. Right crusty subject matter and yes. it's in your face and that can't be easy you know yeah i i mean for me it's it, it the word the the phrase you know abstraction figuration has mm -hmm. been tossed around so much but i really am the person that's doing that wrestling with both yeah you know and uh i may actually go back to uh figuration who knows mm -hmm. you know but but sort of it, I think if I do that, it's going to be a different vision. Um, I just don't want to be tied down to anything because, oh, you know, this is selling, right. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, it's the one place where we can be completely free and take chances. Yeah. So, 
you know, that's what I'll do. Well, yeah, and you made that, that in a way, that bold decision whenever you thought to yourself, well, I got to major in illustration. Yeah. Because, you know, got to pay bills or whatever. And then also, like, like you were saying, take care of mom or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. But then you said, no, no, this is my, my, my voice can be found in this area. Yes. yes. Which I think every artist, when you make that decision, you have to come to terms with that, you know, like, yeah, this is going to be a tough go. Like it's, it's a tough n- go. But you're going to be able to live your life doing as hard as it is right. doing what you're driven to do or what right. you feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, you know, things are happening for me again, so I'm really happy about it. I'm not complaining, but that space of when nothing is going on oh, and yeah, you know, no good. one's going to look, I mean, it's kind of sad, but it's a wonderful feeling. You just go into your studio and you're the only person that's going to see this and deal with this. No yeah. one's going to give you an opinion about anything. Right. You know? So, yeah, there's like a, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse in a way, you know, is. because you can just like kind of let go. You can you know? let go. You really can let go. You know, I get ang- I get a little anxious when I start to show. Like, oh, what is that person thinking? What is that person? What is, what is, there, is there a review? You know? Yeah. It's like, oh. Who cares? Yeah, just 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 keep do doing. Your thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, so you're working on now, like these these kind of abstract right. slash. I mean, there's an anthropomorphic side to side them. to it. Yes, yes. But the the anthropomorphic elements are kind of these abstract forms now. Like the ears have turned into like this these arched arches, and you know the. Um, I mean, also maybe even like almost surreal too, you know, multiple eyes, but maybe they're not eyes, you know, a lot of different interpretations um, of the figure. There's also too, though, still like a plush sensibility to it. Right. That's inviting. Right. I don't want to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like this, there's a softness to the feel, but then there's also this kind of... Not spider web, but you know, like you can get stuck in there, and yes. it's, it's almost like uh, repeating itself or moving around in a way that you can't really get out of. Or, mm-hmm. You know, it's like maze-like. In a it way. is like a maze. Yes, yes. Um, Which is good too, formally, because it's nice to keep people in the painting like these. It's like you just get yes, lost. Yes, yeah, there. that's the thing. I mean, you got to stay in there. You got, you know, people have to look at a work for more than two seconds. You yeah. know, and. Um, I mean, I still love my figure, figurative work. You know, you know, they were really fun to do. But I felt like you, you couldn't go underneath. You, you, you got it. It was really beautiful, um, evocative, mm-hmm. and um, but the, you know, it was like I had to get the content of those figures more and more edgy because the the, the formal side of it was kind of a dead end thing for me. Yeah. So I, I mean, eventually I. I, I did a book called ABC of SEX yeah, yeah. Um, to make it really naughty, you know. So you go as far as you can, you push it, and then and then the edgier thing to do is to break them apart, you know. Right. So that's why that's why I, you know I'm yeah. here. Yeah, and I mean at the end of the day, if you're not excited in the studio, you know what I mean. If you're just, I feel for some of the well. I guess if it's that good with sales and with like the <laughs> financial side of things, then maybe you convince yourself, mm-hmm. well, hey, this is, I'm doing well or whatever. But mm-hmm. I can't, you know, if you're going and you're just making the same thing over and over again yeah. and you really want to change or you feel kind of stagnant, but you're like, well, it's selling and you just keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be 
I should slightly have done both. Soul, slightly soul crushing. <laughs> I should have just had two lines, yeah. like you know, just keep doing the teddy bears, and then. Right. But yeah, who had the energy? No, it's it's all or nothing kind of thing in the studio. Yeah, and you really get you know as artists, I think we we get excited about the next thing we're doing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get excited about like digging up the past unless you're kind of revisiting things in a way that navigates the newer things you're doing in right. a new way you know right. so but but i think to just go back and do cover songs of your old stuff right is, right could be brutal i mean yeah. imagine i mean that's and everyone grapples with that whether it's filmmakers or you know you know like wes anderson like everyone wants the rushmore of, of right. the, his movies or, or you know like everyone wants to hear bon jovi play living on a pl- prayer every <laughs> single time thing. i know right over <laughs> and over so i i guess in a way you know, with art, you can you can kind of get around that a little easier than other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm packing now to get ready, getting ready to move, so I'm dragging out all the old work, and um, it's like it's, visiting. Like yeah, a down it's really lane. they're really fun to look at. Yeah. Really fun. I hope to show them one day again. I know it's nice when, and I'm sure there's some of that stuff you haven't shown, right? Right, tons. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I kind of. It's weird. I think I got to an age where, especially for me, with animations that I do, I only show like one tenth or one fifteenth of the animations I actually do. Uh-huh. I think it'd be so cool to have a show where I have all these. You should. In like a, in Why a can't you? Giant, because you have I don't, a gallery. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> well, I'm all, that's the thing. I'm always showing the stuff I'm excited about oh, now. Oh, right, 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 right. you got to have a retrospective then. Yeah, <laughs> ideally, yeah. To show work that I'm no having it seen. on Instagram. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, I, if I wasn't so lazy and I didn't, and I could render all those videos down and right. like, but it's a different experience with, yeah, of course. with projections yeah, and I stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, that's the next best thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. So uh, so you're working on new work. Well, actually, right now you're probably in the process of moving. Process of moving. Not easy. Um, and uh, very excited about that. And I'm going to, I am going to, I'm getting, well, my work is all done and picked up for a show um, next month. Um, nice. Where's that? It's a, it's a very interesting venue. It's not a traditional gallery venue. It's, um, do you know Shishama organization? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, down by have, Brooklyn Bridge Pier? No, oh, they have one. some spaces um, around Times Square. Oh, nice. The Durst uh, buildings. Yeah. So one of the buildings, it's it's a basically a lobby art, right? Yeah. But they have um, these cu- new curators that try to make shows that don't look like lobby art, right. you know, that look like real art. Yeah. So... <laughs> hey, some lobby art's really good, by the way. <laughs> Swirly, you know, right, no, right. no, no, no. Gigantic no, no. paintings. No, they, I mean, it's interesting because it's not, you know, these people have to go to work, you know, they're not asking for the art to be there. They're no, not going, you're they're not it. gallery yeah, goers, yeah. right? So, but we're going to put up some challenging work, hopefully, and... Nice. and I'm, it's going to be really exciting to see the interaction. Um, That's great. Yeah. There's well, where be, so people can follow you and get information on you're on Instagram. Instagram, yep, my name and um, this. That's Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> or that's your personal account. <laughs> it's it's my yim. No, it's me yim. No, it's me a yim. And uh, it's going to be at eleven fifty five Avenue of Americas or eleven. 33, I can never remember. It's like 44th and, and 6th Avenue. Mm-hmm. And opening is May 16th. Not far from where you stayed 
on 34th Street. Right. Oh, my so God. Come a long way. Right? <laughs> so we have to do another one of these where we just talk about your life as a pianist. Okay. Oh, God. We didn't even talk about music. Yeah. We'll love, do another I love all. I mean, people say, oh, I love all kinds of music. I really love all kinds of music. Me too. Yeah. Same. No, really. No, you don't like opera. I like opera. I like opera. Okay. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I like a lot of music. <laughs> Gangster rap? Love it. <laughs> I have a uh, Thug Life playlist on Spotify. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming over. Well, thank you for having me. Sure thing. It was really fun. Thank you. Sound and Vision is recorded, produced, edited, and facilitated by myself, Brian Alfred. You can find more images from the podcast that I do on Instagram at Sound and Vision Podcast. You can see more images of my work at Alfred Studio on Instagram. Many thanks to Golden Artist Colors and the New York Studio School for their support of the podcast. And thank you to all the listeners.